Wrestling with Siblings. I'm your host, Sarah Sally, and this is my co-host, Armando. Hi, guys. I'm Armando, and welcome to Wrestling with Siblings. All right. WWE Stomping Grounds, the brand new WWE pay-per-view. Yeah, I was pretty much excited to see what this new pay-per-view was going to bring, and as we figured, a whole bunch of surprises. Overall, the pay-per-view was, was good. Highly recommended for you guys to watch it. Exactly. I thought it was really good. I think it exceeded my expectations. Personally, I didn't really have much expectations for this, but I think it was a great show overall. And then the matches were, were great all in general. They were lengthy, they, and overall, they, they were good. Yes. All right, let's get started with the match that opened up Stomping Grounds. Becky Lynch versus Lacey Evans for the Raw Women's Championship. Before we get into the match, me and Araceli, before the match started, we were like, oh, that's weird. Becky and Lacey Evans are starting the match. You didn't expect it to be the opening, opening up stomping ground. We expected it to be kind of between the show, maybe the third or fourth match. But, you know, we'll end up figuring out why. Yeah, exactly. So something big had to happen in order for this match to be the opener. Because this is a match I would put lower down in the card, maybe the match before the main event or the match before the SmackDown main event. So three matches before the main event is what I would have put it down as. But it turns out it opened up the show. And at the very beginning, Becky Lynch was trying to end this quick. She was immediately going after Lacey Evans. It was pretty obvious she did her homework. She studied Lacey Evans. And for every move that Lacey Evans had, she had something to, to backfire that. Yeah, because Becky knew that the longer the match went, then she was going to start getting frustrated. And once Becky starts getting frustrated, we know that she pretty much loses her mind and just goes crazy and will pretty much do anything to win. And, you know, that's when mistakes start to happen. And, you know, she wasn't giving her any opportunities, and that's great because she knew, like Armando said, she had to stay on her. Lacey Evans is very, very dangerous, and we saw that in this match. To me, she personally doesn't have to prove herself to me anymore because I feel she already has. She's had a what? Three matches against Becky Lynch, and each and every single time she proves she is good. She belongs inside the ring. Very, very impressed with Lacey Evans. And Lacey has done what very few women have done in the women's division to Becky, and that's get inside her head, know how to pick her bones so she doesn't, she's not fully concentrated on it. Yeah, and one of the things you have to give props to Lacey Evans for is she did such a good job targeting the midsection of Becky Lynch and she also targeted her arm. She constantly was on that arm and she was like, you know what, I'm going to target the midsection. If I can increase my opportunities at winning the Raw Women's Championship, I'm going to do that. And that's exactly what she did during this match. Yeah, and that was very smart on Lacey Evans because if you target that core section, when Becky Lynch is trying to put, you know, toward trying to put that, that power on your arm, you really don't get it because of your core. You know, it's very f fundamental. It limits her availability to not only lift her, but to do her finisher, which is what she needs the core strength for. So Lacey Evans, very impressive with that. Extremely impressed by her. I want to see more of her, though. I wouldn't necessarily put the championship on her right now. I don't think it's time. I think she has a long way to go. But I definitely do see her being one of the biggest stars in the WWE. And I think, too, like you said, Becky did do her homework because she was able to avoid the woman's right, which is weird because Lacey Evans usually 
connects and throughout this match she did not connect once with the woman's right she definitely did not connect not once and i feel like if lacey evans would have connected the woman's right we might have had a new raw women's champion i firmly believe that because we've seen what the woman's right has done to becky lynch in the past and if i were becky i'd keep my eyes very very peeled because not only is lacey evans coming for her so is the entire raw women's division Alright, moving on to the second match of the night, which was Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus Xavier Woods and Big E. Another show-stealer match. Very, very interesting. Yeah, especially with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. You know, like I mentioned before, yeah, they had, had their differences in the past, but when they work together, they're just a great, great tag team. And for them to be able to face someone like the New Day that's been together for maybe the past, what, three, four years, maybe yeah. five, if anything... So the New Day is a pretty solid tag team. They are, and Kevin and Zemi have proven how well they work together, you know, from being best friends to being enemies. Just like you said, at this point, Kevin and Zemi literally proved that if they got the opportunities at the tag titles, they could potentially keep them for a very long time. And you have to really give it to them. They kept Xavier Woods in that match for as long as they could. They knew the moment Big E came in, that was going to be the game changer. Yeah, and that's that was part of the strategy. Try to keep Big E out of the match as much as they could. And what they did is they ended up super kicking him off the apron. And then when he would come back in, they'll find a way to go and knock him over the ring again, which I thought it was a brilliant, brilliant strategy by Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And like you said, they were trying to finish the match quickly. It, they were because they knew that the longer the match kept going, the the more the opportunity was going to present for Biggie to show up and do his thing. You know, we already know every single match, Biggie is a game changer. And they knew that. And they were like, okay, if we can target Xavier Woods for this entire match, we got ourselves an advantage. And that's exactly what they did. Keep in mind, Kevin Owens is one of the smartest competitors you will ever find when it comes to the WWE. And I feel like he really proved that in this match. They were extremely dominant throughout the entire time. And I kind of had my doubts about Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, like I said, because they had their differences. But they were facing a very, very experienced tag team that had been working together, like I said, for the past couple of years. And, you know, they ended up being victorious. They definitely did. They they outsmarted the New Day. And what is there to say about the New Day? We know it's a brotherhood. They're best friends. They're together all the time. They're a great tag team. But I feel like they have lost focus in the last couple of of months. And I feel ever since Kofi won the championship, the New Day hasn't really been as focused as they've usually been. They usually have killer matches now. Don't get me wrong. This match was great. But I feel like Xavier and Big E weren't fully 100% in their game, as they usually are. Yeah, and I think Kofi Kingston has a lot to do with that. They're focused on him and making sure that Kofi wins, that he's focused in his matches and he's always 100%, which it makes sense why they're not fully focused. 100%. Alright, moving on to Ricochet versus Samoa Joe for the United States Championship. This is one of those matches where you go speed versus powerhouse. You know, Ricochet obviously had speed to his advantage, and we knew that at any given moment, if he was able to capitalize, it was going to be over for Samoa Joe. Yeah, but at the same time, Samoa Joe can match the speedness, the sorry, the the speed and the quickness of Ricochet, which makes him even more dangerous. Yes, and all it takes is 
all he has to grab you in the Kukina clutch and that's it. You're done, you know? You're pretty much, it's over from there. But Samoa Joe did great. You know, he started off dominating the match. And at some point, and I firmly believe this, at some point I was like, there's no way Ricochet is going to be able to defeat somebody like Samoa Joe. He's smart. He's fast, like Armando said. Incredible athlete in the ring, and he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows how to target his opponents, and I was like, okay, there's no way in hell that Ricochet is going to beat somebody like Samoa Joe. And I was wrong. Ricochet proved me wrong. And I see your points, but at the same time, I felt that Samoa Joe tried to hurt Ricochet, kind of like what he did with Mysterio. And he had a couple chances to end it, and he had chances to put Ricochet in a coquina clutch and he didn't so to me that makes a st- he was trying to make a statement to ricochet look i'm gonna hurt you and this is the closest you're gonna get to the title ever yeah because he's trying to cause him the most amount of pain as he possibly can you know and he definitely did that to ricochet you can tell throughout the match but at the end of the day ricochet comes out victorious yeah and i think ricochet also did a fantastic job in studying joe i'm pretty sure he kept an eye on the matches that he had against Rey mysterio and was able to figure out a way how to beat him. 100%. Alright, moving on to Heavy Machinery versus Brian and Rowan. Very interesting, you know. I expected Heavy Machinery to nominate dominate the majority of this match. I was wrong. Daniel Bryan and Rowan, again, another smart team, another smart tag team. They dominated the majority of this match. Yes, they can't match up with the power of Heavy Machinery other than Rowan. But they were able to definitely outsmart them speed-wise. I think, like you said, the experience factor was the one that ended up be, uh, being victorious for Daniel Bryan and he, Rowan. He, well, yeah, because he has a lot of experience. He knows exactly what he's doing. And we got to see that during this match. He was focused. There was no way Daniel Bryan was going to lose focus in, in this match. you know, And he's extremely more confident when he has somebody like Rowan by his side because he knows no matter what Rowan will be there to protect me and well having machinery is the opposite they're kind of more goofy they don't focus correctly their their head is always all over the game and I feel like that's the advantage everybody has over heavy machinery yeah they try to impress Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan too much and I think that that's what ended up haunting them at the end like you said they weren't fully focused I don't I think the nerves got to him. I don't think it was more of a nerves. I just think it was them trying to really prove themselves and seeing the outcome that this match was taking as Daniel Bryan taking full control, they were kind of just like, okay, we have to do something about it and that's when they try to bring in the distractions for Daniel Bryan like Otis, you know, being funny, trying to do his own thing, trying to be distracted without actually cheating per se, putting it that way. But experience always plays a huge role in every single match no matter who you are all right moving on to the smackdown women's championship match bailey versus alexa bliss who of course was with none other than nikki cross very interesting alexa coming back this is maybe like her fourth or fifth match coming back ever since she's been gone I was looking forward to this match because there's so much that Alexa can bring to the table and she made it extremely personal with with Bailey. And at this point I was like Bailey has to prove to Alexa I'm at my peak now and I will continue to be at my peak as long as I am the SmackDown Women's Champion. Yeah, and I feel that once Bailey pretty much went over to SmackDown, her career completely changed. She is more focused on what she is wanting to do. 
you can see it on the mic and on the ring as well and this match was a perfect example yes and alexa one of the things that i that i thought to myself as i was watching this i was like alexa alexa can't get distracted yes she has nikki cross but alexa tends to be that person where if she sees something going out outside of the ring a little movement or something she immediately gets distracted and i was like she cannot do this she cannot lose focus on this match because if she does it's gonna cost her big time and i don't think she lost focus she just pretty much put nikki cross in a situation where i don't think nikki cross wanted to be and what i'm talking about is bailey was gonna do a bunch of suicide dive and alexa bliss pushed nikki cross on the way and bailey ended up taking her down and what does that lead to that leads to nikki cross getting frustrated and wanting to get involved in the match yeah, and see, that's one of the things that Alexa's really good at. She's really good at manipulating and friending people and getting them to do what they want. And I, f- I do feel Bailey's right in this situation. She is using Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross doesn't see that, though, because she was her first friend. And now Alexa knows that no matter what, kind of like the Brian and Rowan thing, no matter what, she knows Nikki Cross is going to have her back. And she's taking full advantage of that. But at the same time, I feel like Alexa's going to finally realize, okay, me being with Nikki is not going to benefit me. She's going to get screwed over and it's going to be an accident. And we know how Alexa Bliss gets. Yeah, and like you said, the outcome of this match was Bailey being victorious. But Nikki Cross got involved and ended up pretty much costing Alexa Bliss the match. One of the things I have to give Alexa credit to is she started targeting Bailey's arm. And I was like, this is brilliant. This is perfect. Because if she can weaken one part or one body part in Bailey. She already has an advantage, and we know Alexa's extremely smart. She doesn't do things without planning them out. She always has a strategic plan, and I feel like that was part of her plan. Yeah, and I feel that she wasn't planning on Nikki Cross getting involved the way she did. Yes, and Bailey, she's a SmackDown Women's Champion. Like our model said earlier, she's been doing great ever since moving to SmackDown. I do want to see more of her, though. I want to see more challengers, somebody maybe like Liv Morgan. I want to see Amber Moon. I want to see more people step up to the plate to face Bailey. I feel she can have great matches with them. Yeah, you just gotta give her the people to work with and I think that she would deliver. 100%. We saw that with Alexa and we will continue to see it moving forward. Okay, moving on to probably one of the biggest feuds that has played out over the last couple of months. I want to say the next two months. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns and of course, Drew McIntyre had none other than Shane McMahon at his side. Yeah, and Another thing, too, we saw is that McIntyre wasting no time. He went immediately straight after Roman before the bell rang. Yes, and that already gives him a head start. We already know he's a smart competitor of the full package, and he wanted an advantage over the big dog, and what does he do? He immediately targets him. Yeah, and he already had an advantage from the get-go because he had Shane McMahon in his corner as well, and Roman Reigns had the, the odds stacked against him since the beginning. The thing that comes here is powerhouse versus powerhouse. We knew at the same time these men were going to go at each other's throat. And it's very hard to pick somebody during this situation because these two men are the future of the business. They are seen, they're pretty much eye to eye. You look at Roman Reigns and you look at Drew McIntyre, there isn't much similarities. They literally look just about the same. So when you put them in a match together, a match this big, I was like, there is no way this match is not going to be one of the show stealers, and it was. Yeah, and it was just a brutal match, so physical between both of them. You could tell that it was personal as well. Yeah, they really don't like each other. You can 
you can tell. And, well, Shane McMahon, we already knew. He was there for one reason and one reason only, to see Roman Reigns get hurt. And at the end of the day, Roman Reigns comes out victorious. Why? Because he overcomes the odds. He doesn't let distractions get to him. And there was a point where I was like, okay, once you focus on Shane McMahon, that's it. That's where... Drew McIntyre is going to capitalize, but I was wrong. He made sure to take out Shane McMahon first to be able to focus on Drew McIntyre. And I think, too, Roman Reigns is pretty much waiting for the opportunity for the opponent to hesitate, to strike. And that's what Roman Reigns does. So we've seen it so many times with this, you know, like we've seen Drew McIntyre was going to do the the Claymore, and all of a sudden... Backfire. Yeah, all of a sudden Roman Reigns comes out with the uh, Superman punch. Yeah, you know, he's smart, he's strategic, he knows exactly what he's doing, and you can tell he's been studying somebody like Drew McIntyre, and that definitely showed during this match. Okay, moving on to the SmackDown main event. Kofi Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler for the WWE Championship in a Steel Cage match. One of the most anticipated matches of the night and I say that because over the last couple of months we've seen Dolph Ziggler target Kofi Kingston week after week after week saying that it should have been him. Yeah, and he was targeting targeting him in so many ways that he pretty much could have possibly ended Kofi Kingston's career if you really look at it. Oh yeah, he definitely could have and we saw that during this match. He was extremely brutal. He was showing no mercy against Kofi and at the beginning of the match the first thing he does is try to escape that's smart because he's like you know what I'm not going to put myself through this match because it takes out a lot of you throughout the years like your body just wears out so what does he do he goes right to the ropes and tries to he tries to escape yeah and then not only that but throughout the match we also saw him target Kofi Kingston's legs he knew that if he took that out he had a higher chance of winning well, yeah, because if you don't have your legs, you can't climb, you can't climb that steel cage, and you can't get out. So definitely strategic, a veteran move. You know, they're both veterans, but when you, when you look at Dolph Ziggler's history versus Kofi Kingston, Dolph Ziggler is kind of an ultimate opportunist. He knows how to take advantage of every opportunity presented to him, and he was going to create his own opportunities during this match. And also keep in mind, Kofi Kingston hasn't competed in as many single matches as Dolph Ziggler has. Up until recently. So over the last couple of years, that's what he means. Over the last couple of years, he's been with the New Day. So he's really been into tag matches. He hasn't really had a singles run. And now he's finally getting that. And in this occasion, he really was by himself with with Dolph Ziggler because he had no New Day and Dolph Ziggler had nobody else there. So at this point, Kofi had to prove himself not only to Dolph, but to the entire WWE Universe. And another thing too that I've noticed about Kofi Kingston is ever since he became champion, he's pretty much learned how to survive the matches. Yeah, he goes through these brutal matches and, and great matches, but at the end of the day, he ends up winning by surviving. And that's very crucial because at the end of the day, what matters is a win. Exactly, and I feel like him learning how to survive came from all those obstacles that Vince gave him to be able to get his match. At WrestleMania, he had to go through a lumberjack match. They put him through the elimination chamber match. They put him through so much for him to be able be being able to get that match at WrestleMania, and he finally gets it. And now people can't beat him. Why? Because he knows how to survive. He's like, you know what? I've gone through worse. 
I have beaten man after man after man after man. I'm finally at the top, and you ain't gonna take me down. Yeah, and like you said, we've seen him steal some matches, and that's very crucial that he is learning how to survive. And sometimes that's what you need to do when you're a champion. Exactly. Question: Who do you think will take the championship from Kofi? Ooh, it's very, very difficult right now. Um, me personally, I would like to see McIntyre. McIntyre. Just because he has formed a great alliance with Shane McMahon, and Shane McMahon is willing to give him whatever he, he wants at this point. So at this point, Drew McIntyre is in Raw, right? But we have had wild cards like Bailey and Alexa. What happens if Drew McIntyre were to defeat somebody like Kobe Kingston for the championship? That is my question. Because does he does he immediately become part of the SmackDown brand? And that doesn't really matter because Raw shows up on SmackDown and SmackDown shows up on Raw. But it puts you in a situation where it's like, okay, what happens now? You're a Raw superstar and you just won the championship. Where do you go from there? I think that's where, like you said, the wild card will play a huge role in this. And I think you still will be a, a Raw superstar, but, you know, at the same time being SmackDown. It, it's kind of kind of confusing. Like, maybe we're seeing superstars come yeah. and go along, but we really haven't had that scenario. But like I said, I would really like to see McIntyre be a champion just because I feel like he deserves it and he has come a long way. If I were to pick somebody to probably beat Kofi... It'll probably be Brock Lesnar. I think this is his biggest opportunity, and not because Kofi Kingston is, is a weak link. We've said this before, especially Armando has said it before, where he says Kofi right now has had a situation where you challenge him, and he will tell you, yes, let's do it, because he is trying to prove his point. And I feel like if Brock were to tell him I'm cashing this in, Kofi Kingston would be the first one to sign up and be like, cash in on me, let's do this right now. And I feel like that would be the biggest mistake of Kofi Kingston. Yeah, and unlike Seth Rollins, like I've been saying, Seth Rollins is actually prepared for him, and I feel that Kofi Kingston is not. Kofi Kingston is letting it get to his head, and pretty much he's in the hype. Yes, 100% agree with you on that one. All right, moving on to the main event. Probably my favorite match of the entire night. That's just because I'm very, like, I'm comedic. I, I get a joke when it happens, but Baron Corbin... Versus Seth Rollins for the for the Universal Championship. Before we get in, who do you thought was the special guest referee? Well, that was a question you and I had spoken about before. Um, you said I had said Brock Lesnar, which to me it would have made perfect sense. I honestly didn't have much of an idea of who was gonna be. The, the general, uh, the special guest referee, I'm sorry. I kind of just saw it as, like, no matter who he picks, it's not going to be fair. We already knew that. He could have picked somebody like Truth, and it still wouldn't have been fair because Truth is too distracted doing his own thing. He would have gotten carried away with something else. Brock Lesnar, again, one of those superstars where it's like he hates Seth Rollins. So we knew that no matter who they chose as a special guest referee, it wasn't going to be fair for him. But if I had to pick somebody, I would have probably gone with somebody from the Revival. That's who I would have gone to, simply because it makes a lot of sense. You know, he he had an alliance with McIntyre, and he still does. And McIntyre 
has the plug with Shane McMahon. And they also have the revival. So I would have gone with Scott Dawson or Dash Wilder. Prize of everybody he ended up picking up other than? Lacey Evans. That's brilliant. That is brilliant because you know at this point when she comes out, Seth Rollins can't hit her. He can't even lay a finger on her. That is the most brilliant thing. Whoever came up with that, you deserve a raise because that is brilliant. It, it's brilliant. It's awesome. I, I loved it because it was totally unexpected. Nobody saw it coming. Um, and like you said, yeah, Seth Rollins couldn't lay a finger on her. And you see it in Seth Rollins' face. He's like really like, okay, you outsmarted me on this one. Well, yeah, because he in no way was expecting Lacey Evans to come out. Nobody was expecting that. It was a complete shocker. And when I saw her come out, I was like, this is brilliant. But I'm also one of those people that was like, okay, this match is going to be great. You have the talent in Baron Corbin and Seth Rollins. You had the comedic force of him having a woman there. And the fact that Lacey Evans was a special guest referee made this match ten times more interesting. So therefore, it's all you can ask for in a wrestling match. Yeah, and then I think the only mistake that Baron Corbin made in picking Lacey Evans was that Becky Lynch was going to get it more. Yeah. I felt that if he would have picked any other woman in the roster, it would have been fine because you would have avoided that situation of Becky Lynch getting involved. Yeah, so he could have picked Dana Brooke. He could have picked Amber Moon, Natty, Naomi, anyone in the Raw Women's roster, and it would have gotten fine. It doesn't matter. The odds were still going to be against Seth Rollins. We know that. I already got into that earlier. But he was like, you know what? I'm going to pick Lacey Evans. She's the easiest one that's going to be on my side. Let me pick her. But then he underestimated the fact that Becky Lynch was going to get involved. Obviously, she wasn't going to sit back and let Lacey Evans do her thing. She was sitting backstage watching very, very closely, waiting for an opportunity to get involved in this match. Yeah, and she found it, and like I said, I thought that was Brian Corbin's biggest mistake. If not, we probably would have had a new Universal Champion. Well, yeah, because we went through three different stipulations. It goes to being a singles match, one-on-one, normal exhibition match, right? And then it goes on to being a no-disqualification match, and then it goes being a no-count-out match. So then it's like, the odds were clearly stocked, is stacked against... Seth Rollins, there was no way he was going to win it. And it was I was at a point where I was like, this is it. Like, there's no way Seth is going to be able to beat the odds. But then I also underestimated the fact that, okay, Becky has to come out. It's gone for way too long now for her to not come out. You know, and when she finally did, I was like, this is brilliant. Because now this is going to put so many angles out there for you to go with the storyline. And, well... Well, now let's get officially into the match. Seth Rollins, I feel like he wasn't fully focused. I feel like a part of him is still worried about Brock Lesnar. He still has him inside his head. And until Seth is able to get him out of his head momentarily, that's going to really be very crucial for I, him. I agree with you on that. I've seen a complete different Seth Rollins, not in ring-wise, but mentally. You could tell that he's looking over his shoulder that he's worried about when is Brock Lesnar going to come out. And I think that's really affecting him in his matches. And I feel like, aside from him being scared of when Brock is going to come out, I feel like he fears even more the fact that he won't be prepared. Because the last couple of times that we've seen Brock try to cash in, and I put it under quotations, 
Seth has been prepared because he's he's been around. He's been conscious. He hasn't had a match, and he's like, okay, I will be ready for Brock Lesnar. And I feel like it's gonna get to that point where he's gonna where he knows I am not pre- I'm not ready. I am not prepared. If he cashes in now, I'm gonna lose. And I think that's where the steel chair comes into place. That's why you see him carrying the steel chair around. It's it's for protection. It's for him because he knows Brock Lesnar is ready to attack. And even Brock Lesnar could attack him behind, you know, backstage and drag him into the ring and cash in. Exactly. There's so many ways and so many things Brock Lesnar can do with that contract. And Baron Corbin, before we end the podcast, I just want to add, he's a genius. He's brilliant. I have been saying this for a long time now. A lot of people hate on Baron Corbin, but I like Baron Corbin. I like his character, and I love what they're doing with him. It's brilliant. He's one of those that you have to hate, but at the same time, you have to love him just because of what he does in the ring. And with, with I mean, picking a special guest ref, referee like Lacey Evans, nobody saw it coming. And that's why, that's why you have to love Baron Corbin. Exactly. He's smart. He's genius. He studies every single match. I love Baron Corbin. He's great. And I can't wait to see what's next for him. And hey, I will admit this right here on WWS. I want to see him as champion very, very soon. I think he deserves a world championship. Yeah. I don't think it'll be the Universal, though. If they give him a title, it's going to be the WWE championship. I think he's at the level where, like you said, he deserves a championship opportunity or, or a championship because he has matured so much since he came over to Raw. He went from a failed cash in to now being in main eventing match, to having big matches, not only at WrestleMania, but at pay-per-view. So I feel like he is at that level now, where if he were to be champion, he could do so much with it. Yes, people hate him. Yes, that's the downfall of him being champion. But at the end of the day, all that matters is the way he cuts a promo and the way he wrestles inside of the ring. Alright, that's all we have for you guys on Stomping Grounds. If we were to rate this from 1 to 10, what's your rating? I'll give this, uh, I'll give it an 8 just because it was full of surprises. Like I said, the matches were great. And overall, it was it was a great people. Solid 8.5 for me. Because yeah. I feel like it exceeded everybody's expectations. I think nobody was looking forward to Stomping Grounds. But at the end of the day, it delivered and all the matches were lengthy we got to see a variety of superstars, and I personally like the pay-per-view. I think it was entertaining. All right, that's all we have for you guys on this episode of Wrestling with Siblings. Remember to like, comment, share, and subscribe. Become a sibling today. And for those of you that do not know what WWS stands for, Armando, what does WWS stand for? Wrestling with Siblings. Thank you guys so much. See you guys next time.